to the KC City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Friends, today is our first day that we are going live live. When I say live live, amen. Meaning, meaning everything that we're doing is, is live. Uh, even what you saw me just now move was not pre-recorded. It actually really happened. <laughs> also not pre-recorded. This is all live. <laughs> this is all live, live. You know, it's so fun to be able to talk to some people here. I know we've got a very small number, but doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because the word of the Lord says where two or three are gathered, he is? Come on. Where two or three are gathered, he is? He is here in our midst. And you would have sensed that. I'm sure at home, friends, you would have also sensed that. So we really want to thank you and bless you this, this morning. I've got, uh, I'm going to continue on with, uh, with what we've been doing of late. We've been speaking out of our parables, of the parables. Last week we had the parable of the Good Samaritan and... We had a visiting speaker, we had Pastor Graham come and share with us, and this morning we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to speak out of the parable of the mustard seed, and I'm going to bring in the context of faith as that of a mustard seed as well. So let's, let's bow our heads this morning and just, just ask the Lord, Father, begin to open my mind, begin to open my eyes, and let my heart be just, uh, just right. Let it be the right soil for you to begin to sow the seed right now in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Uh, If I could ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32, you'd probably also see that on, uh, on uh, on the slides as well. Now, let me read this from the ESV version. It says this. He put another, this is a very short parable, so hopefully our message will be also very short. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Okay, so it says in verse 31, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. So it is the smallest of all seeds. Imagine that. But when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree. So that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Now, there are two other in in what we call the synoptic gospel. So Matthew, Mark and Luke. Right. So in Mark, it's, it, it reads this way. Mark chapter 4, verse 30 to 32. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground, it is the smallest of all seeds on, on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. And finally, Luke chapter 13, verse 19, he said, Therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? Is it like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches? 
Right, so you see three parables giving you an insight into what Jesus was uh, speaking to, to them. And, and in this context, now he wasn't speaking to a multitude of people. He was actually just speaking to his disciples. So he spoke to his disciples and he was sharing this very, very important parable. This is an extremely important parable. As short as it may seem, it, has, it, has, it is jam-packed with... with, with um, with tremendous power and insight in just into this, right? And so we want to we want to we want to look at at what the Lord is trying to bring out to His disciples, right? Within the within the chapter thirteen in Matthew chapter thirteen, there are actually seven other parables, or rather, there are seven parables, right? Within that, and the parable of the mustard seed is sandwiched between these seven parables, and it can be broken down into four different categories. I'm not going to go through all of that because of because of time as well. I just want to focus on this, but I thought I'll let you know so as to maybe whet your appetite a little bit, and you can go back and you can go and read those. Now we had uh, my. my my wife spoke on the parable of the soul, which is also from this chapter as well. And if you look at the context of the parable of the soul, there were birds. But those birds came to do what? They came and they took the seed. That's right. right? Where else? Here you find that these birds are nesting. That's good. Right? Now, I want to ask, I'm going to leave you this question and I'm not going to answer it. I want to ask you this. So, are there birds nesting in you that shouldn't be there? Could this bird, these birds that they are talking about in the parable of the mustard seed, is there any correlation to the birds that came and took those seeds? I'm just going to leave it there for you to think about that. But we will, we will, we will go through this. Amen? And he says that they, they, they need to come a, I would say, an intentional seeking. Right? They need to come within us an intentional seeking to want to find out, to want to get deeper, to want to know, uh, to want to know a whole lot more. And why do you think Jesus is speaking in parables to his disciples? In Matthew chapter 13, verse, verses 10 to 12, I'm going to read that. It says, by using parables, Jesus now related truth through some very, very interesting stories that the crowd and his disciples could relate to. So he was using this in the context of being able to relate to, relate to them, right, within their familiar setting, like daily examples, for instance, to help connect people with what? With spiritual truth. But he also did that so that they would continue to search for truth. There would be some sort of a hunger. He didn't just want to give them, hey, this is what it is. Now go, go straight, turn right, turn left, and that's where you're gonna, that's, that's where you're gonna come to. No, he didn't want that. He wanted them to figure this out. He wanted them to search. He wanted them to come to be desperate for him. So he shared this with them. And uh, the, the verse in chapter, in, in verse 10, it says this because the disciples came in and they asked him this question. His, and they asked him this, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? 
And he replied in verse 11, he says, he replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. And they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, if you're asleep and if you're not listening, what's going to happen? Even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. So now let's ask ourselves. We've come to know the Lord. In knowing the Lord, how much have we grown? How much deeper have we gone? Are we ones that could be classified as seekers? The reason you're here today, those of you who are here today, most, most likely I would, I, would, I would safely say that you are seekers. You are hungry for the corporate presence of God. You are hungry to come amongst the believers and begin to celebrate the goodness of God. And I'm sure you're hungry in your living room, in your homes, wherever you are. I'm, I'm sure you are hungry too. And the circumstance that we are in today and in this season makes it so difficult for us to come together. But let not hunger begin to be um, affected. Right? Let us not grow weary. Let us not grow to a place where we, we, we become less hungry for God. You know, during this time, what has God been stirring within you? Yeah. What has he been speaking to you? What has he been removing from you and I to bring you to a place? Because this is, this is one of the most profound places that we need to be in. Because, friends, when you teach, you know, there's all, um, this old saying... When you teach someone, when you give someone a fish, they will continue to come. But when you teach someone how to fish, they will hunger no more. Amen? So, what is God teaching us during this time? Has he removed things from us to a point where now he's beginning to teach us things in such a way that we will seek. And we will seek after him. We will seek after him. You know, friends... uh, when, when this pandemic hit us as a church, we only had very little equipment that we could use and very little training that we had. But we had a lot of enthusiastic folks that were really excited. Some even began to sow into, I mean financially sow into the media department to help us purchase some equipment. And we, and we want to thank you for that. Now, today, we've been able to not just, I mean, we were, we were actually borrowing equipment from different individuals, from, from members in our church, and we were doing it as well as we could. But over time, the Lord has increased that very little into a place now where we have much in terms of knowledge and experience, and we are still, still, still learning. So what has God been able to do through that? Because we've had individuals here who are, who, who are dedicated and committed in wanting to seek it out, wanting to seek out information, wanting to seek out knowledge. So when you seek all of this out, what happens? How many other people, how many hundreds and thousands of people now are blessed by the fact that we now have the opportunity to be able to take this word beyond the four walls of this church? 
right? We have so many different, in, different people now be connecting with us online. So what is God speaking to you personally? What has he been doing to you during this time to create this hunger that will continue to persist, that no one needs to come to you and say, hey, have you done your quiet time? Have you read the word? Have you done this? Are you, are, you, are you forgetting that you can trust the Lord to whatever extent because his goodness is running after you? Amen. You know, his goodness is never going to leave you. Amen. He is never going to forsake you and I. Despite whatever happens around us, that is that kind of faith and that kind of determination that the Lord wants to bring you and I to, to a place where... When you say, I believe in Jesus and I trust my God, that's basically it. There are no buts to that. I trust my God, but. I trust my God if. I trust my God when. No. I trust my God, period. I trust my God, period. Now, I don't know what your personal circumstances are, and, and it could be difficult. We all have very difficult circumstances. Or we go through challenging circumstances. But the word of the Lord again says this, that be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So what does overcoming the world mean? That Jesus is saying he has overcome that meaning. He has gone before you and I. He has paid the price for your victory. He has walked through that door that seemed to be closed, but it will open to you because if you seek him and if you knock, that door is going to open. And if you ask, what's going to happen? You're going to receive. You're going to receive. But maybe our faith is just like that mustard seed. How many of you know the size of a mustard seed? You've seen mustard seed. Have many of you don't? Haven't seen? I mean, just, just raise your hands if you've seen mustard seed. You know, it's, okay, so some of you probably may not have, but I know in a lot of in Indian cooking, Asian cooking, we use mustard seed, right? Now... Have you, eat, have you eaten hot English mustard? Have you put it on your steak? What does it do? Wakes you up in, instantly, isn't it? I, I don't know about you guys, but I just wait. I just wait. The minute I put it in my mouth with that piece of meat, I just wait when it's just going to hit me. You know, and that, 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 that feeling, isn't it, isn't it exciting that you're waiting for that to happen, right? And so there is potency within mustard, right? There is potency within it. So why did Jesus use this particular seed, right? And let's, let's move on. So many commentators now, when they begin to look at this parable, there are so many different insights that they bring into this. But I'm, I'm going to bring something that I feel will speak into the situation or in, into the season that we're in right now. And I, and I trust that it's going to encourage you. Now, there are four elements that we see, four key elements that we see in this, in this parable. One is there is a sower. There is the mustard seed, right? Then there is the tree. And the fourth aspect is that there are birds, right? So the sower, the first two are fairly easy to explain. The sower is Jesus himself, right? He's the planter who came to atone for our sins, right? So that we might become fruitful. So by the fact that he's atoned now, by the fact that he's paid that price, you and I can and always will be fruitful, 
Say that with me. I am fruitful. I am fruitful. And be excited about it. Come on. I am fruitful. Be ex- I, 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 you know what? I've not had you folks here, so now I can, I, can, I can require that of you. Come on. Let me hear that one more time, loud and clear. I am fruitful. That's right. You've got to speak to yourself. You've got to believe that deep within. I believe, Lord, that I am fruitful. Even if I don't see it, I believe that I am fruitful. So now the next thing, the mustard seed. Now the mustard seed is not the kingdom of God. It says it's comparable. It uses this as a symbol. It's an analogy that is being used, right? So the mustard seed was the smallest seed known at that time. While it becomes more, it actually grows more like a shrub, right? Now, it can also reach about three meters, sometimes even, even five meters, right, in the right condition. So the mustard seed now represents the gospel now, starting very small but growing to reach millions now throughout the world who will inherit the kingdom. And the field, of course, represents all of the people that are in the earth. Now the tree, the tree is rooted in Jesus Christ and has grown a harvest far beyond its initial planting. Right? Now in, in the King James Version, it says this, it is the greatest among all of the herbs. This mustard seed, it is the greatest among all of that. Growing, f- growing far-reaching branches beyond its natural explanation. And the birds of the air, it is, in, in, this, in, in this parable, probably, it comes from a Greek word which is pronounced this way, onion, O-R-N-E-O-N. Now, and it signifies this, to perceive, to hear. So the tree offers a refuge for his faithful to rest, for the people who are willing to position themselves to hear and to perceive. So when this tree begins to grow to a place, there will be opportunities for us to perch and take refuge, to begin to hear and perceive what is the Lord saying. Hence, we are at a time where it is so vital and so important for you and I to be able to really hear what God is speaking and what God is saying. You know, he wants to speak to the youngest. He wants to speak to the oldest. He wants to speak to anyone and everyone that considers him your savior, your redeemer, your friend, your Lord, the lover of your soul. That's what he wants to do. Right? So there is an important principle, and and this is where I want to land this at. There is an important principle that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples here. And I want to ask you this question. What do you think is that important principle? What do you think Jesus is trying to teach his disciples? To know the kingdom. Sorry? To know the kingdom. To know the kingdom. One more guess. What do you think? What about you folks? What do you think? Send me a text if you can, if you've got my number. What do you think Jesus is trying to teach his disciples? Uh, an, an important question for you to consider, right? Let me take you through this. We are small. 
We are a small group today. But this is not going to continue to remain small as it is. Right? This is going to grow. It's going to grow into something enormous. So, here now Jesus brings his disciples. The disciples begin to question him. And in particular, in Matthew chapter 17, they ask him this fundamental question. Right? So the disciples ask him this question. They pull him aside and they said this. They asked him this. Why is it that we couldn't do it? Meaning, why is it that they couldn't cast out this demon? So they come to him and they pull him aside because he comes and then he does it. And they pull him aside and they say, why is it that, that we couldn't do it? And so Jesus responds to them by saying that you need to have it is faith as that of a mustard seed. And I'll read that afterward when the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out this demon? And in verse 20, it says this, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Now I want to read the message version. Message version puts it this way. When the disciples had Jesus off to themselves, they asked, why couldn't we throw it out? And in verse 20 it says this, because you're not yet taking God seriously. You're not yet taking God seriously. The simple truth is that if you had a, a mere kernel of faith, a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed, you would tell this mountain, move, and it would move. There is nothing you wouldn't be able to tackle. From little things, big things grow, right? You will always now remember that from little things, big things grow. He was trying to teach them this, this very important principle. We are small. There are only 12 of us. In, in, in two to three years, what did Jesus really do? How many converts did he really have? Think of that and think where it is today. So what is he trying to relate to them in the context of this, of this mustard seed? And in this parable, you will also find after this, he talks about the parable of the leaven, which is, which is yeast, and what yeast can actually do, right? And, and he uses the context of yeast in the form of sin that, that affects and that impacts. Now, now let's, let's look at the context of what is happening in and around us. A virus hits a particular individual. It spreads, and it spreads, and it spreads, and it spreads. Just that one little thing, just that one little virus has had the propensity to impact and stop the entire world. Destroy economies. Separate families. People dying. All of that 
just through this virus that has impacted the entire world. Is Jesus the orchestrator of that? Certainly not. But what is he saying to you and I now? That if you have that faith as that of a mustard seed, that mustard seed, that is what it takes because the mustard seed has that potential. You know, a fool says, uh, sorry, not a fool says, even a fool knows how many seeds are in an apple. You've heard that, right? But only God knows how many apples are in that seed. Amen? I mean, when we look at the apple, we know how many seeds are there, but God knows how many seeds, how many apples are going to come out of that seed. Right? You know, there was an individual apparently that went to Israel, and I heard the story, went to Israel and gathered some of this mustard seed and some soil and all of that. And as he went back to America, and you know how I think Australia is the same, but as he went back home, he wanted to take this because it meant a lot to him. And so the customs officer said, no, 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 you can't do this. But he said, no, I promise that I will put this in a bottle and all of that. And he explained what it really meant to him. And he said, okay, that's fine. Then he looked at the seed and he said, no, but this you can't. And he asked, can you explain to me why? He says, the minute just one of this hits the ground, it would spread like wildfire. The minute that one of it hits the ground, it'll spread like wildfire. And that's what God is saying, that if you have the faith as that of a mustard seed, that that, that the kingdom of God is this, is likened unto a mustard seed, it will spread like wildfire. Not like this virus that is is spreading, that, that we are seeing. Can you imagine this mustard seed that we have, the kingdom of God that is likened to, can spread like wildfire, that you and I have that ability to cause that to begin to happen. So what's stopping you and I? Though we may be small today, though we may be small in numbers right now due to our guidelines, we are not going to remain this way. Amen? This is not going to be happening. So as I bring this to a close, I want to leave this with you that in in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul, Paul puts it this way. What do you think you and I have? He says this in verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. This is what we have. You have this treasure within you, friends. This is not going to overtake you. Whatever your situation is at this point in time, it's not going to overtake you. If you are stricken due to health reasons, if you are if you're stricken due to uh, financial reasons, this is not going to overtake you because there is something far more powerful within you that is able to grow and be able to spread. Have you sown it in the right place? Is your heart and is your life the right soil for the word of God, for the promise of God to be sown in? What are you and I looking forward to and believing? Because what God gives you, gives us, only can multiply. It is not to remain in of its own, but it has to multiply and it will grow. It will grow. It will spread like wildfire. Right? So the message version puts it this way. If you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this precious message around in 
the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there is not much of a, there's not much of a chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles. But we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do. But we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized. But God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down. But we haven't broken. What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He loves. He, he lives. Our lives are are constant, are at constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we're going through the worst, we're getting in on the best. We're getting in, we're getting in on the best. Amen. So we like mustard seed, small and insignificant, have within the supernatural, and I use this word, supernatural propensity. So what does that mean? What does that word propensity mean? It simply means this, an inclination, a natural tendency. Friends, there is this natural tendency in you. In you, inside of you. Don't give that away to someone else. Don't just think that, oh, oh, only the pastor can pray for you and that'll make it good. No, he says, I've given you authority. If at all something God is really doing in a powerful way, it is this. He wants you to recognize who you are in him. He wants you, like the disciples, to come to a place and realize... Guys, even if it's just this little bit, even if you have just this bit, you can do the impossible. Even if you have this little bit, you can do the impossible. Why don't you tell tell this to yourself? Even if I have this little bit, I can do the impossible. Come on. Even if I have this little bit, I can do the impossible. You know, R.C. Trench, he wrote a book in the 1800s about the parables and he says this he says this about Jesus and about the context of the, of, of the mustard seed and the impact that it has the son of man grew up in a despised province and did not appear until his 30th year and taught for about two to three years in neighboring villages and occasionally in Jerusalem He made a few converts chiefly among the poor and the unlearned, or the unlearned. Then falling into the hands of his enemies, he died a shameful death on the cross. Such and so slight was the commencement of the universal kingdom of God left in the hands of poor people who are unlearned who are told guys 
All you need is faith as that of a mustard seed. Now learn from the mustard seed that when it hits the ground, it spreads like wildfire. It spreads. It grows beyond the shrub into a tree. What is perceived now as a tree, but it's actually a shrub, but it's now perceived as a tree, so that what happens? So that the birds of the air can come. That Greek word, onion, so that you and I can perceive and hear as we perch in the tree that is Jesus Christ. And interestingly, he died on a tree to begin to restore that very thing that was a curse to a place that will become to you and I our saving grace. A place that we can come and listen to. What has he given you? Do you feel little? Is your superannuation this little? <laughs> but from this, it's going to grow. What else is little for you? Close your eyes and begin to think. Begin to, begin to just think now. What is it that you feel that is so little in your life? And the team's going to come up and we're going we're gonna to lead, lead you into a song that's going to help you really declare that very thing. But I want you to just really close your eyes here. And even as you are following us this morning, wherever you are again, be it in your living room, be it in your bedroom, following us, watching uh, on TV or on your iPhone or you're going to see us later. If you're, you're, you're tuning in from some other time zone, we not only welcome you, we want to bless you this morning because this word is for you.